0: What's up, friends? This is about my 45th time trying to record this introduction, and for some reason, my enunciation is just not working today. I need like a, I need like an enunciation therapist or somebody that can teach me how to enunciate words because I really struggle with this. Anyways, today's podcast episode is with Dr. Amy Shaw. She's a double board certified MD with training from Columbia, Cornell, and Harvard. She is also a woman who is named... One of Mind Body Greens' top 100 women in wellness, she is just just a fascinating person to talk to. We had such a great conversation uh, about microbiome, about intermittent fasting, and circadian rhythm. And you know, we bounced back and forth in this conversation, but it was just you know, like there's so much interesting things that I was curious to ask her. And uh, we also talk about this company that is able to test your microbiome and actually tell you a lot about yourself which i found really cool so you'll hear a little bit about that in this conversation uh also i'm going to shout out metalita.com you guys have heard me talk about them before and uh they're just uh, an amazing company that i truly trust uh i've been working closely with them for the last two years and i've witnessed you know their commitment to quality high-grade material and their commitment to community. Uh, this is a company that's truly mission-driven, and it's something that I really appreciate about them. Uh, Laura Francisco, who is a who was an emergency PAC, uh, she just knows medicine, and she knows what kind of products to create. So. They've done just such a good job. So if you want to gift somebody a custom embroidered pair of scrubs or a white coat, you need to go to this company. You need to go to medelita.com. You can use my discount code if you want. You know, you don't have to save money, but if you do, you can get 20% off with my discount code beyondmedicine20, or you can pay full price, whatever you want to do. But everybody likes to save money these days, right? Saving money is good, guys. Go to medelita.com. You should do it okay this podcast is about to start with dr amy shaw hope you guys like it all right where were we so so we were talking about walking outside with uh without your shoes on and the circadian yeah. rhythm
1: okay yes yeah, so um walking barefoot into the grass grass so one of the big benefits of walking barefoot is um you know microbiome seeding um and also, although the benefits of grounding are not necessarily so, I've tried to look at the research for it. There is grounding, some
0: grounding I, being uh, what is what exactly are we talking about?
1: Um, meaning walking on uh, barefoot on the ground, right. meaning not pavement, um, not carpet not in the house but on actual dirt or grass
0: and the proposed thinking for that is that if you do that you're you're becoming electro electrochemically balanced yeah exactly
1: yeah so the thoughts um there's a lot of eastern philosophy in there but the western thoughts are um, perhaps it helps with heart rhythms because of the um electrical charges from the earth, although talk to some of the cardiologists that I know really well about this. And they say that the science is still kind of murky on this, um, and that although it's super, super popular in the, um, lay media, it's not as well known for me for the microbiome. It's pretty well known though, that, um, walking barefoot, um, uh, gardening playing outside in nature okay. has been shown to be very good for the microbiome. So I really recommend walking barefoot outside.
0: So how does walking barefoot though? how does that, how is that good for the microbiome?
1: So um, just like gardening, so if if you're interacting with bacteria, some of that bacteria will seed into your skin or into your body, right? So even if you take a shower, say you garden, right? And you plant seeds that's an easier way to think about it um you're getting all this dirt on your hands under your fingernails and um some of that bacteria it's going to stay as long as you're not dousing yourself in antibacterial um liquid you're going to seed yourself with a little bit of um, natural bacteria from the earth as long as you're not walking on um so
0: through you know. the skin is the thought that that's right ha- so the mechanism that's happening
1: right or they i think um the mechanism that they've seen um, is still very unclear. For example, we know that spending time in nature in itself can be good for the microbiome. We know that gardening in itself. We know that walking barefoot itself. We know that, that playing with animals. So the proposed thinking is like you play with your animal, you're touching your animal. Maybe you're getting some of their bacteria on your skin, on your body.
0: Your Maybe animal is your rolling body. in poop and outside eating right. vomit. So right, <laughs> you're yes. You're picking it up and- <laughs>
1: Exactly. You're picking it up from them, and some of it's being seen. That's the same concept of um, walking barefoot. That's the same concept of gardening. All these things actually seed the microbiome. But because it's, it's still – the pathway is still really unclear. Like, are we talking about it sticks on your skin and then, like, it travels down your – you know, we're, we yeah. don't really exactly know right. what's happening are there. Are the bacteria um,
0: crawling up your butt into your yeah, intestines? Exactly. What's it, going is on?
1: It be, exactly. Is it because <laughs> you're not – you know, um, washing properly afterwards that it's gets under your nails on your feet or on your hands or whatever. We don't know that for sure, but we know that, um, that can be really good. And if you notice, if you try this for a couple of days in a row, you will see it's a very drastic difference in your energy levels. And, um, you know, you're not going to really know for your gut. That, that's the problem with the gut microbiome still to till today. We don't have a great, we have all these companies trying to, you know, measure it and look at it and different things, but there's still not a um, standardized uh, way of looking at your gut bacteria. So I always tell people if you pick say a company like Viome, um, just stick with them, just because their methods. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing that you can get out of it is the change over time. Say you put, did an right. intervention, you started eating a better diet, you started doing something different. It's good to measure with two of the same lab techniques right, right. because the different the labs between them each other are completely variable.
0: Right. So you don't right because the proto the the procedures and the protocols Ex- and the exactly the way they measure very you want to get a baseline basically and see yeah. how what you're doing changes your gut microbacteria
1: exactly exactly okay. there's um there's still no gold standard um for measuring the bacteria
0: so the so so i'm guessing right now there are companies that are measuring or analyzing your gut, microbe- your gut microbiome and w- so what are they doing are they analyzing it and then giving you like uh, just a, just a breakdown of what your gut is made out of or are they mm-hmm. giving you uh,
1: so they look specifics at specifics
0: on like oh this is good or this is bad. What's going? Cool? How's that? So
1: um, volume, for example, they look at the bacteria RNA, so the activity of the bacteria, um, and they'll tell you the levels and the activity levels of each of the different bacteria. And then they go on to do this really weird thing um, that is so foreign to us in medicine. They do artificial intelligence. Hmm. Um, basically, they took. Um,
0: I think I've heard of this company actually.
1: Yeah. So what is this a, did, is the
0: is the founder of this? He's foreign, right?
1: Yeah. The founder Naveen Jain. Yeah. Yeah. Naveen yeah. Jain.
0: Yeah. I have yeah. heard of this. Yeah.
1: So ba- basically, he's doing something next level. So yeah. of course, we know that we can figure out which RNA, which bacteria are active or not. Then he's saying all right, we're going to take all these people and we're going to use the power of artificial intelligence, throw it into a machine, and give us some trends. You know, what are what is what does this even mean? And not necessarily on a research-based level, but on a trends artificial intelligence level. So it's really fascinating, yeah. really foreign. Um, artificial intelligence is just so, like, it's just another world to me. Yeah. What they're able to do is um, take all these people's bacteria and say wow um this all clusters towards one kind of types of conditions and this clusters to others mm-hmm. and they took it the next level with artificial intelligence they're recommending people take things in and out of their diet mm. and so, so that's um so do
0: they really, do they really have really like a da- do they have like a database of yes. people's microbiomes and they're kind of yes. comparing yes. certain diseases they're just
1: clustering yes
0: wow they're that is actually that is actually really interesting wow yeah. So they're taking yeah. so they're taking microbi- people's microbiomes and they are grouping these people based on the diseases that they've they have yes. or, and yes. so people with certain diseases have certain microbiomes or
1: right right okay. we already know that and then they are saying <clears throat> hey Rami you look a lot like these people who have diabetes you know mm-hmm. you, you may not have it right now but you really do look like they're they whatever or you look like you're tending to cluster towards this based, kind of problem based on artificial intelligence and
0: are they able to pick that up any sooner than regular diagnostic testing or is it just
1: so they uh, you know this is the problem is with artificial intelligence um how do we know right until at this moment in time if I told you, you, Mm Rami, you are at higher risk for um, you know, diabetes how are you until maybe 20 years from now we'll be able to say, oh yeah, yeah that thing was right, right or wrong or or, and then the second step is or did you do something to modify that, you know what I mean? It's a very difficult thing to prove and so that's the criticism that they get a lot is that, you know, yes you can cluster these people but then how do you Alter that, right? Like, I could tell you, you cluster towards, you know, this condition or that's condition, but then okay. um, how do you know that those kind of changes are going to change that for you? So, so what they're saying is, you know, oh, to bring your gut bacteria back into the balance of a healthy person, uh, you know, do these things. Okay. And then they check you in like three months
0: so they're they're giving you a, a future prognosis basically or they're giving you a future diet so they're telling you where you're headed is that what i'm
1: uh, well not necessarily where you're headed or but what you should eat or what you should do or what how you can rebalance that bacteria
0: but they're not giving you a diagnosis like if they me- if they yeah. just so if they just took a person that diabetic who's never been diagnosed as diabetic they ran their uh, they ran the test yeah. on them. Would they be able to just diagnose them as di- diabetics through um, that?
1: You know, I think so. I think so. I don't think they do that right now, but I think they have a capability of doing that. Hmm. They basically, their goal is to make people disease free. And this yeah. is their that, that using artificial intelligence will be, able, if you are able to change your diet and change your lifestyle, um, that you can change the
0: course okay it's really
1: fascinating it I don't is know very if,
0: very fascinating
1: yeah
0: I, it's, it's fascinating it's big, that you're that you can tell that from somebody's micro microbiome
1: yeah so you can um, like i told you the c-section babies you really can um, look at someone's microbiome and um, be able to say if they're a meat eater if they've had a c-section delivery or vaginal delivery if they're um you know if they eat uh one type of food or not. So there's a lot you can tell from just looking yeah. at the, the bacteria.
0: Yeah. How long does it take to change your gut bacteria? Because here's what I've experienced. I've gone for, I've tried different diets and, you know, throughout my stages of whatever. <laughs> and, and through my own experimentation, I found, so I've, there's a, been a couple of periods of time where I've tried adding more vegetables And I was somebody who ate a lot of protein, so I ate a lot of chicken and salmon, and uh, mostly chicken and salmon, and I also ate some veggies, not not so much. And then once I started incorporating more veggies into my diet, specifically the cruciferous vegetables, I had a hard time with it in the beginning, and I experienced a lot of bloating because, you know, they're high-fiber foods. Um is there, do you, are you aware of a specific transition or, you know, does going from one group of foods to another?
1: Yeah. So there's one study uh, because, you know, this is all like, um, there's not big, huge studies. There was one mm-hmm. small study that found it was in nature Actually, it was published in nature. So okay. it's a huge study, yeah. uh, in the sense that it's um, very well done, but it was in a small group of people. Is what I meant. Right. Um, they drastically changed their diet, and in ten days, they were able to see a difference in their microbiome. Ten, okay. as early as ten days. They thought it was going to take weeks, and so they followed them for weeks. And what does that but,
0: change? But what does that change in the microbiome mean? What does it mean when? Is that it? Was it a good change or like a bad yeah. change? So,
1: so, basically, they found that if you went from a traditional Western uh, processed food diet to they did uh, so, they did a meat heavy processed food diet to a plant heavy uh, plant based diet. Okay. Um, and they found that uh, there's a huge, huge difference in the types of bacteria. Now the problem is it, the problem in microbiome science is that there's so such a huge spectrum of normal so you can be normal so what they found is there's a big change towards better bacteria when okay. they changed their diets to plant-based but pro, but it was two things right they went plant-based and they went processed food um, changed it drastically yeah. from a Western type yeah. diet. So um, you can argue that they did a few different things um, in one and uh, found that there's beneficial uh, bacteria. But there's not just one microbiome. It's not like mine is amazing and yours is not. You know, it's not like that. It's like you can be really good and I can be really good just like so many different parts of medicine. But it doesn't mean that we have the same microbiome.
0: Right, right.
1: And so, so that's where if you look at different cultures, different diets, different parts of the world, different climates, different genetic backgrounds, you'll find all different microbiomes in right. everybody. That's and what it, makes it so hard.
0: Yeah. And then there's when people that – I've read uh, something as far as saying that people who live together or in certain areas share yeah. a lot of the same microbiome. Yes. or yes. people It's
1: environmental.
0: It's environmental. And then also people who have depression – yeah. Uh, or anxiety, they have similar microbiomes. Or
1: yes,
0: things yes. people with schizophrenia,
1: psych, schizo- people with
0: families with schizophrenia, have the same microbiome. Yes, there's obese, a lot
1: of obese people. Yeah, um, you can tell that they're obese by looking at their microbiome. Hmm. Um, so you definitely You have know the little McDonalds
0: is, bacteria swimming around.
1: Exactly. There's some there's some obesity there's some like uh, you know, Doritos and um, <laughs> Cokes and <laughs> So i probably have know. some
0: doritos bacteria to be honest wow <laughs> i had some doritos as, yesterday
1: as wow
0: this is my confession we
1: got to change uh <laughs> change. i know i know when i was in residency like the lunches that we would get were just in, you'd like fall asleep after the lunch meeting because it was oh the God, worst yeah. food you could ever have oh. uh i i didn't even preaching you know, to the in, choir oh my gosh it, yeah and <laughs> But, you know, our our residency was so progressive. Um, when I started residency, I was at the Beth Israel in Boston. Mm-hmm. They decided that they were not going to sp- take drug-sponsored lunches anymore. The year that I got there, yeah. uh, everybody was like, oh, man, like the year that we got there. They should like,
0: bring in like yeah. a, a drug-sponsored is- chef to just cook healthy meals for us.
1: Right. But they were all against the whole, you know, but. Be- the drug sponsored, um, yeah. training, uh, sponsoring trainees. Yeah. So, um, we actually had a big change in our first year to kind of, um, cater food from, uh, local restaurants, which was really awesome actually, because it kind of ups the ante that we were able to pick what we wanted, but we still didn't know, like we were still picking like, you know, Indian food and, um, the local Middle Eastern place, and we picked a lot yeah. of like, you know, pizza places, and the, it wasn't like the healthiest stuff, but at least it was a step up from the drug company lunches that we were having before.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so hard. We were just—I was just talking about this with my last guest, and it's all environment is huge when it comes to uh, when it comes to health. Being in the right environment. We were talking a little bit about you know, it's easy for us to tell people to to be healthy, but then. You know when you make those changes, if you're still in that same environment, or if you're in a family that is not eating the way you're eating, uh, and so even if you do make those healthy changes, what we were talking about was that that isolation that you almost feel because the people around you uh, are not eating the same way you are and now you're eating at Or different they might times. give you a
1: hard time yeah. Um, you know that saying about you're just a product of five people you spend the most time with? Yeah. I mean, that's so true in health, right? Yeah. You are literally the five people around you. Just look at the people that you spend the most time with. There's so much similarity between you and their health practices. And, you know, you have the power to change that. So if you, for for example, I am probably, uh, people make fun of, I'm sure you too, but um, people make fun of me for always, being like the health freak or whatever. Uh, but I know actually, people tell me all the time that I influence our inner circle, our friends, to be more healthy or eat yeah. make healthier choices and da da da. Because it, no matter what, you lead by example, right? right so right. for the f- five people that you're around, you, you're you going to make a big difference. Yeah. That's why I think that medicine is so, um, it's at the cusp of change because you can see the changes happening um with doctors themselves and so once that happened then they can advise people how can you advise people what to do when you're not doing it yourself like if yeah. you're eating doritos like you did yeah like <laughs> how are you going to tell someone else not to eat doritos like yeah. that's just a hypocrite right i saw my so patient got- told them
0: to stop eating fast food and then i went and grabbed a bag of doritos yeah, I mean, and, how and it ate is. it while I was writing his note and mentioned and it, <laughs> 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 that, that, that's just but you know really. I mean 80% of the time I am eating pretty healthy the 20% yeah, of the time no, that I'm stressed really out at work there no. is that and and you know the sponsored lunches and you know you're going to take every free meal free meal that you get when you're a resident yeah. right
1: that's a whole different thing, but yeah, I totally agree. When I was in residency, I was totally different than I am now. I barely could barely work out, if much less eat, you know, super healthy and yeah. um, go grocery shopping. You know, you don't have time for all that. So yeah. if you're in a different place. You will be in a different place. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, today I was in the hospital at hospital five thirty. I got here at eight o'clock or seven thirty, and you know, we got right to chat. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast. We're going to just take a second to talk about this great promotion from our sponsor, Metalita. They know what it's like to have an active schedule and not very much free time. That is why they are offering a free at-home try-on. So if you're not 100% sure of your size or your style, you can easily order multiple things from their website at metalita.com. You can try them on at the comfort of your own home. You can keep what you like, return what you don't like, or if you want something embroidered, you can have it sent back to get it embroidered. This is all done with shipping covered by Metalita, and this is 100% risk-free. You can also get an additional 20% off by using the discount code BEYONDMEDICINE20. Now, back to the episode. So I'm, I'm still pumped, though.
1: You have not um, eaten yet since you got
0: Oh, no, no, I have, I have.
1: Okay, good. I was like, actually, I started my um, intermittent fast at five today, so um, I'm well into my um, fasting period right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, actually, let's talk about that a little bit. Maybe we can. uh, I've seen a lot of your posts on intermittent fasting. You seem to be a big proponent of that. What are? What's your? What's your big? What's your like two minute spiel on intermittent fasting?
1: Um, the research is clear. It shows that timed gut rest, um, basically intermittent fasting is good for inflammation, good for cancer prevention, heart disease, um, fat loss, regenerating brain cells, um, attention, sleep. Um, we really underutilize it. Uh, it's free.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't ha- it has very little side effects. Um, And it's pretty doable for people at home, which is why I talk about it on social media. It's like, you know, the Home Depot of Mm -hmm. healthcare, like, Hey, we should be empowering people to start doing some, some little things on their own. You know, yeah, we know we're not supposed to eat sugar. We know we're not supposed to eat McDonald's, but did you know that this little change, like go, you know, doing the intermittent fast and going outside in the sun barefoot. I mean, these are things that you don't need to go to a doctor to tell you this. Mm -hmm. You can start doing that on our, like it's that home Depot model. Like, yeah, start doing stuff on your own. And then when you need help, we're here to help you. We're here to guide you. We're here to steer yeah. you the right direction if things go awry. You know.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of interesting research on this. I got super interested in it. So, so you've been, I've been hearing these anecdotal uh, pieces of evidence from people who have been doing this. One of them was a MMA fighter who has ulcerative colitis. His name is George St. Pierre. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was yeah. talking. Yeah. Somebody oh, sent me that. Episode. oh really okay yeah so this yeah. was this was like mind-blowing for me because yeah. the, number one this guy is my idol and number two uh you know athletes people who train to a certain degree are just extremely familiar with and in, in, in tune with their bodies so when he was telling when he was talking about this he was saying you know he was treating he, he had this diagnosis and it essentially called caused him to stop fighting um and so for our listeners ulcerative colitis if you're not familiar is just an it's an inflammatory it's an inflammatory bowel disorder uh you get all these ulcerations in your in your intestinal lining and it's a real just a nasty like diagnosis to get and uh it's it's hard for people to deal with it's very very hard um so he basically started doing intermittent fasting and he had incredible results doing it he essentially stopped, did the whole intermittent fast from uh, 6 p.m. to 8 eight in the morning the next day or something along those lines. And between the those hours, ate whatever he wanted, and he was talking about how essentially that's all he's needed to control his symptoms, and he's been symptom-free since then.
1: Well, when I ta- talk to you about the genes that turn off during the nighttime, you can see why someone like him um, – would have a lot of inflammation if he started eating, especially with him having that underlying inflammation if he was eating late at night. And so you can see that when his body was able to go into repair mode during those hours, um, instead of being in digestion mode, you're gonna get greater repair. You're gonna get greater regeneration. You're gonna get better hormonal response. You're gonna get better digestion in the morning. So it makes so much sense to me that all of these things, um, are happening. And actually they even showed that patients who are getting chemotherapy, um, when their cells are fasting, um, selectively chemo ends up being more effective in targeting the cancer cells that are always glucose dependent Mm
0: -hmm. rather
1: than the fasting cells, which become, you know, ketone dependent at that point. Um,
0: and And, and so I'm sorry, keep, keep going.
1: Yeah, so that's why they say, that's why there's this whole theory about starving cancer cells. I yes. mean, that, I that's like, like that taking up. it to the next level, mm-hmm. but it does make sense that, um, you know, cancer cells are uh, glucose dependent. So what you, what happens if you deprive them of glucose? for long periods of time, it's a very therapeutic thing to think about, Mm -hmm. um, at least going into a fasting state every night um, for uh, a good number of hours. Um, So they saw in a breast cancer recurrence study, just 13 hours um, of fasting. And if they started their fast before 8 p.m., which is how I, I'm sure you've seen it on my social media, I always recommend that people do it the reverse style, meaning they start earlier in the evening between 5 and 8 p.m um, or, so like earlier than 8 PM, so five to seven 30, whatever. And, um, that way they're timing it with the circadian rhythms in the breast cancer recurrence study. They saw that the people who started before 8 PM and fasted for about 13 hours, so say 7 PM to 8 AM, they had a 34% um, decrease in recurrence of uh, breast cancer in the same population of women who had, um, Uh, the same staging and everything. So I think it makes so much sense. Why would you not utilize this free tool that's available to every one of us? Um, And it's not that hard. I don't know if you do it, but it's, it's, I've done it. Yeah.
0: I've done it for a week at a time. It's
1: super, it's super simple. I mean, the first day or two, you're like, oh, this is weird. This doesn't feel normal. And like in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is messing up my social life. You know, like I can't like hang out with my... <laughs> then I realized, I realized that you don't have to do it every day to see the benefits. You can do a baseline of 12, 13 hours on a daily basis and then push it two days a week. Right. Um, Just giving a hours. small
0: reset, a small reset yeah, for your bowels. Exactly.
1: Giving them, exactly. a, giving them a, like so.
0: basically a break from working yeah. 24 exactly. hours a day, 365 for your whole life.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So that's, uh, that's basically how I think of intermittent fasting. It's really good for gut, but it's also really good for cancer and inflammation, diabetes, Mm -hmm. cholesterol. Um, You know, they've looked at Alzheimer's and uh, Parkinson's and brain um, cell uh, regeneration. I mean, I could go on and on and on. It's like, you know, it's insane that we don't utilize this very very simple thing
0: yeah. it's not
1: part of our everyday
0: you know um there's a reason there's a reason when you get really sick that you don't you don't want to eat it's right. that natural instinct that we are our bodies intuitively know not to eat is sick uh you know for example a sick dog you know doesn't eat for a long time because his body intuitively knows that it's not it's trying to heal Itself, it's trying to to divert that energy away from the gut and to the immune system and to Mm -hmm. the natural healing processes that the the body goes through. Uh, So, once again, like this theme just keeps. It seems like the more I do these talks, the more research I I hear. It's just it's always this reoccurring theme that like the natural thing, the instinctive, primitive instinct, primitive thing that's been happening for thousands of years is the answer
1: yeah I think you're right. um you know in some some ways you think, oh, you know these primitive things that they did were so stupid but um if you think about the the very western centric world that we um, live in that grew up in and the philosophies, so when I went to I did the Machu Picchu hike in Peru, and they were talking about the um the old practices um and how the the story of even Machu Picchu was totally changed by the Westerners because we live in such a Western centric world that like, we think that everything we do in Western medicine is, um, Way more advanced and better than, and it comes from the antibiotic, it comes from the advent of antibiotics because obviously that was a huge breakthrough. And once that happened, everyone was like, Well, Western medicine knows way better than all of you know everything else. And you know, you have to admit, in some areas, Western medicine is still, um, you know, cancer, chemotherapy, radiation, and we don't have. Answers that are better than Western medicine for many many things. Surgery, mm-hmm. you know, hip replacement. I mean, these are all areas that Western medicine is really really excelling in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are huge huge holes. I agree with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and couple of that with also the damage that we do in Western medicine from, uh, yes. you know, all yeah, of, yeah, you know, yeah. So happens. we are helping a lot of people, but we are also, you know, a lot of people are getting injured or uh, yes. Ended ending up worse off from western medicine.
1: I totally agree.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Super like I'm like honestly this whole Viome thing like sparked my interest right now and I'm about to go on YouTube and uh, Yeah, you binge, check them out. I'm, I'm going to binge watch for a little bit before even though I so need to So they sleep. get
1: so they get a lot of criticism because as you know, we're always about evidence-based medicine and, you know, this is like the opposite of evidence-based medicine. This is Mm -hmm. like taking evidence and like throwing it into a machine and seeing what comes out, which is like totally different than what we're used to. So it's gotten a lot of Um, push back and they have it's very secretive apparently um they don't release how they do it um because uh there have been some investigations about like you know what it is what how exactly are they doing that like so um I can't say, I just, I'm I'm very intrigued by them as well, is what I I mean to say. Mm -hmm. I think artificial intelligence can help us in some ways. And maybe it's leading us to some different answers. And that's why it looks weird to us right now. But what if that was real, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm also interested in some of the things going on with like genetics. uh, Yeah. Some of the genetic testing that we're able to do. Uh, that's super interesting. I'm sure there'll be some overlap with that and microbiome testing.
1: Yeah, the genetic testing stuff is really hard because you know that. Um, my 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 fe- feeling with that is that there's only so much information you can gain from that because so much of genetic expression is SNPs, which is environmental. So mm-hmm. so basically, a very small amount of genetic information is going to be determinant of your health. Yeah. And um so for example, my family, my dad and his five brothers all have type 2 diabetes. So there's a huge strong genetic component yeah. of it. However, I don't have diabetes as of yet, not one. And mm. I think that you have to understand that you could have the strongest genetics or the weakest genetics and the environmental factors make such a huge you know have Mm -hmm. such a huge play in it um so that's
0: did that is that um, what got you into into intermittent fasting because i know there's some there's some evidence saying that it's good for diabetes
1: yeah that's what got me into medicine in the first place is,
0: um, well, not medicine, but, but intermittent fasting. No.
1: Um, the reason I got into intermittent fasting is because, um, is because I'm really into inflammation, allergies, autoimmunity, gut health. And I just saw intermittent fasting as a way to, um, reset all of those things in one swoop, I guess I would say. And, Um, inflammation is super hard to kind of like conceptualize like what exactly is inflammation Mm -hmm. Um, uh,
0: how long have you been doing it uh
1: intermittent fasting
0: yeah uh
1: for about let me think this is 2018 um probably about four or five years now
0: wow and you do that like all the time or you take breaks or
1: yeah, no, I don't do it every day. Some some weeks I don't do it at all. Okay, but so you on just, average, on enou- enou- and off. Yeah, and on average I do it, um, now I do it pretty much at least a time-restricted um, eating, which is similar to intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, time-restricted feeding just means that you may be fast for 12 or um, 13 hours and then,
0: mm-hmm. Are, and then
1: I do the longer fasts um, two times a week.
0: What are some What are some benefits you know for sure? Like this is one hundred percent due to intermittent fasting. For me. Yeah.
1: Or just in general.
0: Just yeah, for you, for you, for you. Yeah, specifically. for me. For
1: me, it's a really, really easy way to stay in shape. Okay. okay? though, to be honest, like that's one of the main things I find so easy about it. Like, as a you know, whenever I'm sure you're the same way, like, you know, nobody has time to calorie count. Nobody has time to be like, Hey, you know, this is so easy for me. I feel lighter. My digestion's better. My bloating's better. Um, my energy levels are better. I just feel like I'm in tune with, um, my body in a, a way that I've never been before. And I think that that's, um, you know, that is multifactorial, obviously, mm-hmm. because you can't ever separate out what's from fasting and what's from some, something else. But I definitely noticed a big difference um, in energy levels. And the amount of times I get sick, like I really, I mean, God, I'm going to say this and I'm going to just get sick. But, you know, I've I've done the intermittent fasting, but I also do that the morning sun routine thing that I talked to you about. I also um, do very, very small supplementation. Um, and we just basically know that... You can do so many different things um, to improve your health and I'm trying to put them all together, but I don't really know like separating one from the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you that for the attention, the brain, the fat loss benefits is it's really amazing. And also for um, digestion. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, have you tried it?
0: Yeah, yeah you I said have. you have right yeah I've... so
1: I definitely noticed digestion benefits as well.
0: Yeah yeah, I've done it during Ramadan. Uh, yeah so but that's just it it just like defeats the purpose because when you break your fast you're just eating everything and you're just what is your background i'm lebanese oh yeah yeah so you're when we eat we are like everything the hummus the tabbouli the whatever you want it's all there on the table and uh it's it's a like it goes from potentially being a healthy practice to being unhealthy because of how much we celebrate and eat you know that
1: you know, the original studies were on Ramadan athletes Yeah. Um, that they did, uh, they did all the studies and they showed that during that month, they has much lower levels of inflammation, even though they were kind of eating back their calories, mm-hmm. but they were still less inflamed. And yeah. when they started eating again regularly all the time, they were more inflamed.
0: Interestingly, I did notice this last time that I did it, I was the first week, it was really weird. The first week I did it, My energy levels were out the roof. I didn't have that 2 p.m. crash, not even a hint of it, which I usually would have at work. I cheated, though. I drink water still. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could not imagine doing a dry fast.
0: Yeah, so I I
1: didn't realize that you do it. It's a dry fast.
0: Yeah, it's a dry fast, so there's no water, and it's really a fast from everything. It's kind of like a spiritual fast as well. So yeah,
1: well, we do. It, my parents, my family is Jane. I, I'm not practicing, but um they do fast eight day fast or month long fast, but they're always water fasts. Yeah. Um. So I'm surprised because usually in those kind of countries, um, they. I would imagine that they would need water Mm -hmm. to sustain themselves, but that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. And you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if one day we found out water fasting was beneficial for some reason, maybe for a a short period of time. But I personally, I, uh, I just I didn't I don't like feeling dehydrated so yeah,
1: yeah I can't I can't I wouldn't be able to do that for sure
0: yeah so so I kept up with the water but I did notice some benefit and then I also have done intermittent fasting for me the most notable benefits were my uh were bloating number one uh,
1: yeah
0: I had much less bloating when I was doing it from I did it from 8 p.m. until 8 a.m. so it's just like a 12 yeah. hour fast.
1: Yeah, that's perfect.
0: Yeah, uh, less bloating, and I felt I felt better in the mornings when I woke up, and I actually a lot of the times I wouldn't even eat; I would just have a coffee until around noon. Yeah, so, that's
1: exactly how I do it most time, most of the time.
0: Yeah, so I'm eating
1: kind of a light breakfast even when I break the fast until yeah. um, the main meal, because like you know in the morning we're always in a rush. But yeah. I kind of play it by ear. I think um, I think I. Uh, there are weeks where I don't fast at all because Mm -hmm. it's just too much on my body. I'm either stressed out from working out too much or um, having too much on my plate at work or whatever it is. Um, then I don't fast. I always listen to myself and my body, um, in terms of like, you know, recovery and hormonal uh, balance and stuff. So
0: awesome. So uh, I, there's a lot more that you're offering (laughs) and there's a lot more we could talk about. So let's just, Let's kind of wrap this up as like a, as a teaser for people to kind of connect with you and then they can learn more about intermittent fasting and microbiome and a lot of the things that you're sharing, not only on your, well, mostly on your, I've been connecting with most of them on your social media. So yeah, yeah, where can we connect with you on social media?
1: Yeah, so I'm at Dr. Amy Shah, A-M-Y-S-H-A-H on Insta and then, um, on facebook it's Amy amisha md as well as twitter and linkedin i'm like basically everywhere but i i interact i would say on instagram the most and then um i started to do a little more linkedin because i've been starting to work with other doctors and other practitioners and i find that that's where they live they live on linkedin LinkedIn. and not necessarily
0: so i need to be on there for the podcast.
1: For the podcast, we should be, yeah. totally should yeah, be on Yeah, we actually it.
0: just started, oh, we, are, uh, actually we are on LinkedIn now, so we just... Who's
1: your um, audience? Is it mostly... Our them? audience is, uh,
0: you know, basically the everyday individual, the, the people who are wanting to learn more about their bodies or learn more about uh, their health or medicine. Uh, this is basically, we're trying to, I'm bringing, you know, like experts like yourself and many others, and we're trying to break down break down the barriers that uh you know disconnect everyday people from medicine. So that's really our cool. goal, connecting people to uh health, medicine, wellness and all that beyond uh and doing it by bringing on guests like yourself. Awesome.
1: No, I yeah. and love We try it. Yes. And we
0: try to keep these things very informative and very conversational. I'm not trying to bore my listeners to death. So I feel like just, you know, delivering this information to people in a way uh that's practical that's sensible and that's simplistic i think there's a lack of that right now and so basically that's the whole point of this podcast to keep things simple and informative and yeah uh,
1: totally that's awesome thank you for having me
0: definitely uh one more thing i was going to ask you before you go and that is you have some you are doing some things on your website or promotional things that you are courses or classes that you're currently doing correct
1: yeah, so um, I am a teacher in the functional medicine, uh, sorry, functional nutrition course for Mind Body Green. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on the board for a natural medicine company called Genexa, which is taking it's so in, so genius. I mean, I wish we would have thought of this. Basically um, David and Max basically said, Hey, you know, Tums, for example, is full of like, uh, colors and flavors and, Mm, um, all these fillers. Like, why can't we just make Tums without all that junk in it? So they basically got patent to do every single over the counter medication, um, natural parent. So I'm on their board. So I, I have their, um, anybody who buys that through me, Mm-hmm. there's a special discount um i think it's 20 percent to try it i mean who doesn't want to try like that's really free yeah. paraben-free, over-the-counter meds like it's a no-brainer right it's right. a game changer um and then um there's my uh practitioner course that you should you should totally do that one um let me know yeah, if you want to check it out
0: yeah yeah it's basically
1: it's basically um, I'm working on it right now it's basically teaching doctors uh, what I was telling you the tools that I wish someone had taught me of how to approach doing medicine and a taking medicine to your own hands how do you control the information that you give to people how do you make this into a career business how do you grow yourself using the power of the internet
0: that's really interesting we'll definitely talk more about that for sure
1: um, so yeah, there's a lot of things going on. I'm always coming out with new courses and classes, so I will, but um, it's always on my website or my Insta- Instagram.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Dr. Shaw. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, well, it's great talking to you. Definitely. We'll talk to you again soon. All right.
1: Talk soon. Take
0: care. Bye. Hey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope we brought you some practical, good advice that you can apply to your life. Guys, if you could please do us the favor of sharing this, telling people about it, leaving us a comment, subscribing, all that will help us grow and help us spread our message. Also, if you'd like to support our podcast, you can go to our website and click support and it will help us grow this podcast and continue doing what we are doing and bringing you more high quality guests like the one you just heard. Thank you guys. Peace.